0: Yes, if you thought you were at the circus, you're not. Welcome to the province of Ontario, Toronto specifically, where apparently everyone's unhinged. Well, a couple of hundred people are unhinged. The rest of us are either sleeping or working or just going on with our lives. But nonetheless, there was a group of protesters there flailing around on the grounds of Queen's Park, stomping their feet and demanding to be let in. Whose house? Our house, they bellowed. And on and on and on it goes. And of course, we're talking about Bill 31, because all through the night, they were debating that. Our politicians were second reading. They had some debate. And the Ford haters have said clearly they are never going to back down, meaning they are going to be making a stink about every issue, every policy, every chance they get. But the reality is, you know, whether you agree with what Premier Ford is doing, it is perfectly legal. So when you get past politicians coming out, wagging their finger or you get, you know, now we have 400 legal professionals, lawyers and such writing letters urging the attorney general to vote against her government. This is all political theater because our constitutional democracy is not under attack. And as my next guest wrote in the National Post, and I urge you to read it. He says it would all be rather amusing if it weren't all so ill-informed. He joins me now. His name, Ted Morton. He is a professor uh, of political science at the School of Public Policy at University of Calgary. Hello. Good to join us.
1: Good evening, Alex.
0: Well, I um, I read your, your article and I thought it was very interesting because you're clearly looking on the outside in on what's happening here. How do you see this? I mean, it just kind of keeps getting more and more bizarre as we go on.
1: Well, the decision to reduce the number of counselors uh, in the uh, civic election uh, may be poorly thought out or short-term or disruptive, but you could probably say that about <laughs> a lot of legislation passed, both provincially and federally. Uh, it seems to me that um, that you're still going to have a civic election, and in a year or so, most people won't remember whether it was uh, was it 45 or 27 mm-hmm. counselors. I think the real issue here is there is a constellation of uh, interest groups on the left that uh, have done very well using the charter to pursue policy objectives over the last uh, two ge- two decades, and part of that has been uh, a complement to that is to try to stigmatize and 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 uh, create a, a convention of not using the notwithstanding clause. So I think. The real excitement on the, on the left is the fact that Ontario, for the first time, is using the Notwithstanding Clause. And they fear that, well, heck, if, uh, if uh, smart, progressive Ontario can use it, why can't uh, you know, Newfoundland or, or Alberta, right? So I think, that's, I think there are two issues here, and I think the excitement on the left is really that second constitutional issue.
0: Yeah. now we don't get that much excitement when others do it. Saskatchewan has used it in the past. There was no uh, henny penny. The sky is falling. Quebec has used it likely uh, the most. Um, But you in your piece, which is titled provinces demanded notwithstanding powers for good reason, they should use them. Um, I think it's interesting that you write, although it was born of political necessity, the notwithstanding power is fully justified in theory because it represents a creative middle ground between parliamentary supremacy and judicial supremacy. Um, And so you are of the mind that a premier should very much be able to use this tool regardless of what it's for, even if it is something as, you know, what a lot of people say is not an emergency like reducing counsel.
1: Right. Well, again, this constellation of groups on the left, I call them the court party because... Uh, when they can 't win a policy uh, they want through uh, elections and legislatures they they go to the courts and they 've done they've, they have a pretty good track record there right um, so they do not want uh, the notwithstanding clause used but again if you, if you go back as I pointed out and you you just read it um, when the charter was brought in, there was concern particularly in the western premiers that um, it could be used in a way to to circumvent uh, or to reduce the uh, policy autonomy the the self government of the provinces, so they said uh, to mr. Trudeau uh, if you want our support for the charter there's going to have to be a notwithstanding clause in there, and that that was the bargain, so that was the political necessity but uh, but uh, theoretically it 's completely defensible as well uh, the uh, it's kind of a classic Canadian compromise really between the American system of uh, what you might call uh, ju- judicial supremacy, and, and, and the British uh, model, which we had had until 1982, which was parliamentary supremacy, and so I, there, uh, some of the better known constitutional scholars in Canada, including my mentor. I, I did my PhD at the University of Toronto with uh, Professor Peter Russell. Mm-hmm. I think there's a quotation in that article from Peter Russell that basically says what you just said, that uh, it was a creative middle ground, a balance between the British and American models. So it's not outside the charter or against the charter. It's part of it.
0: Right. Um, So, what do you make then when you get, you know, past leaders like Bill Davis or Brian Mulroney? You know, on Friday, we had Roy Romano, we had uh, Mr. Cranchin come out. They're all talking about, you know, this goes over the line. They condemned it, for goodness sakes. And and then you've got 80 lawyers uh, in Toronto writing that it's, you know, it's dangerous and strikes at the heart of our Constitution. So, you've got all this rhetoric going out. And now, tonight, the Prime Minister is now saying, quote, it's easy to pull off grand gestures if if you're just worried about the headlines, but he's taking shots at Ford saying that the notwithstanding clause, the use of it can uh, be seen as eroding trust in institutions. So while the prime minister says he's not getting involved, it very much is becoming uh, a, a word game. And, and to me, I think it's very dangerous because as you write a lot of misinformation is getting an awful lot of people very upset.
1: Well, I think most of those former uh, politicians that you just named uh, want to be uh continued to be loved by the media, uh, most of which uh, is very much into the court party, charter politics uh, uh, journey. And so they don't want to burn their bridges. They want to keep getting sympathetic media coverage. As far as Justin Trudeau goes, uh, he'll never, he won't intervene because he, if for him to win the next election, that which is only a year away, he needs to do uh he needs to do well in Quebec. Uh, he's the first liberal prime minister, actually the first prime minister from any party, to win a majority of seats uh, mm-hmm. out of Quebec since his father did it in 1981. So he needs Quebec. And if he starts if he starts interfering in, in the Toronto City Hall issue, uh, that will hurt him in Quebec because Quebec doesn't give a, you know, excuse my language, doesn't give a damn about the uh, <laughs> size of city council in, in Toronto, but it cares a lot about prevent what they call provincial sovereignty or provincial self-government right. and they for them, the notwithstanding clause is very, very important so Trudeau's not going to touch that, and um, he's just posturing trying to. As he usually does, to be kind of all things to all people.
0: That or he's trying to flip a you know a headline on a on a liberal MP crossing the aisle. But again, that's part of the dangers here: is that we've got a lot of politicians politicking this thing and, and spreading misinformation and or. Fueling uh, anger that isn't true because you you can disagree with Doug Ford about the use of it in this particular case. That's very fair, but to suggest that you know he is now uh, a tyrant or or you know a fascist or you know we're being taken over uh, by a dictator to me is just uh, irresponsible, if not just dangerous fear mongering.
1: Well, a, a good reality check is to look what uh, Britain, the United Kingdom, did about uh, 18 years ago it you know it looked at what how the americans uh, struck a balance between rights and responsible government and they took a look at what's happened here in canada under our uh, charter of rights since 1982 and what they did what britain has done is they adopted a bill of rights they gave the courts the power to interpret it but they did not give the courts the power to strike down a validly enacted statute of parliament in other words the court's decisions are advisory, they can, if they think there's a conflict between a statute, a policy passed by Parliament, and the Bill of Rights, they say that. But then the issue goes back to the duly elected government in the, in the British uh, House of Commons to decide how to deal with that. So they, they sort of have a permanent, you might call it a permanent notwithstanding clause in the sense that these judicial decisions are advisory. Uh, but the final word the final responsibility goes back to elected governments who of course, are eventually accountable and I think that 's how it'll play out in in toronto if if in three years uh, are your are your civic elections every three years or every four years
0: uh, four years so we yeah, should be if, going in four, in the,
1: four yeah. years if if Torontonians are outraged uh, about this. Um, well, they're outraged they can, about
0: everything. So. <laughs> so, yes, they will they remember take, this.
1: They, they, they can take their... Well, I, I suspect that actually very few Torontonians will even remember this, much, much less care about it. I mean, I think Toronto, as does Alberta, has much bigger issues to deal with than than simply uh, the size of city council.
0: Well, it does. And, um, you know, it's interesting because Mr. Ford has said he will not be shy about using it again,
1: Um and um, this is what this yeah. is what terrifies the people that are writing the letters and sending the, uh, doing the interviews and all that, because they've they've become very happy in charter land, uh, as I said, uh, taking you know there's a long list of issues that have been decided by the courts in the last twenty years. Uh, you can start with you know things like. Uh, Abortion, same-sex marriage, physician-assisted suicide, all the Aboriginal rights business, immigration and refugee determination— their own judges set their own salaries now. Senate reform, prostitution—I mean, the list goes on and on. And uh, you know, can can you—you can't point to one other constitutional democracy in the world where all those decisions have been decided by unelected judges. So. Though that group of interests has had a pretty good run, and they're terrified now that uh, that uh, your new uh, premier, who of course they don't like anyhow, they all voted against him, uh, that he's going to somehow legitimate or take out of the closet this notwithstanding power, and he might use it again and again. Ontario is kind of a pace. If if Ontario can do it, uh, then why not other provinces? And I think that's what the alarm is. Well, the alarm is on the, on the political left.
0: Indeed it is. They will not let this free ride end without that fight. Uh, Mr. Morton, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it.
1: Okay, I hope that was somehow, some, somewhat helpful.
0: Indeed it was. I like truth. Okay, I, I'm, I believe in truth, so it's always welcome.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you.
0: Appreciate Bye-bye. it. That is uh, Ted Morton, and if you want to read his piece, it's uh, in the National Post. It is titled Provinces demanded notwithstanding powers for good reason they should use them it's a good read it just gives you kind of the nuts and bolts without all the drama because there is a fight here and then there's the truth so take a read i'm alex pearson stay with us for that on point on global news radio